Welcome to the DC pod with Darcy and Christian. So we're fresh off of opening night or opening day, however you want to look at it. We're able to see Brooklyn take care of business against Golden State quite comfortably. And then the second game of only two games today was the Battle of LA, where the Clippers were pretty impressive for the most part and able to to make a bit of a statement about their potential revenge season they have on their hands. So, Das, I'll throw it to you straight away with the first game. What did you make of Warriors-Nets? Man, it was a fast start. Uh, it, was, it was a hell of a game in the first few minutes. I couldn't believe how many threes were getting put up, especially by Brooklyn. They clearly, um, I guess, they've got D'Antoni on the sideline. They've got Steve Nash. And the lineup that they put out there, they just let it fly. Like Joe Harris, first time he even has a sniff of a look, he'll throw it up from three. Kyrie and Durant, first looks they had, they'll put it up. Um, it was quite exciting, to be honest. And I guess what click, what quickly kind of hit it for me was how soft the Warriors potentially looked on defense. I guess it kind of looked like the Golden State team that we played last year. So I guess that, that was probably my initial reaction was that Brooklyn came out shooting and Golden State were pretty soft on defense, I thought. What do you think? When I looked at the matchup straight away and it was Wiggins on KD and Oubre on Kyrie, it kind of spelled a little bit of trouble. And that was just looking at things defensively. We spoke about it quickly before recording, but a couple of early possessions there in that first quarter, Wiggins had some wide open, and I mean wide open looks from from three from the wing and uh, couldn't convert. And you can only help but think that, you know, that would have been six points for Clay Thompson or any other above average shooter for the most part. So it kind of led on a bit of a spiral. You can say that, you know, Oubre was just as bad offensively. Pretty sloppy for the most part, that Golden State team. I know they threw a couple of pretty bad turnovers. I hate, I always hate to see when a team makes a basket and the other team's inbounding the ball and they immediately turn it over. I know, not that we need to speak about them, but TJ McConnell has always been good at sort of stealing that or, you know, there's, there's other guys that are around the league, but, there was one play in particular where Ubre just uh, got the ball out of the out, out of the basket, threw it out straight away. Um, Golden State player wasn't looking, and I think it fell straight into Levert's hands, and he hit a three from the top yeah. of the key. So that sort of started things off in a pretty poor way for Golden State, and they could never really recover. One guy in particular who I was really impressed with was who I just mentioned, Karis Levert. He dominated really mm, with that sure. second unit. He, he was a guy My that pick. really... Yeah, your pick, which I hope you put money on it, Dust. Did you? Uh, nah. Oh. But it's dropped down 10 bucks or something now. <laughs> yeah. So he, he was super impressive there running that second unit. He, he obviously got off to such a good start. And it works really well to have him as the focal point surrounded by uh, Jared Allen, who's obviously, if, if you want to speak about it, he's so much better than DeAndre Jordan. I think everyone sort of knows that. And it's... It's disappointing that he obviously can't get 30 minutes a game and he has to do the timeshare. But he's then got Torian Prince. He's got um, Shamit. He's got Jeff Green there. So there's a lot, lot of shooting a lot of shooting and spacing for Levert to operate and excel. Mm. And, and that's what he did tonight against a pretty poor second unit that the Warriors have. So he was my standout. Who stood out for you in terms of a player for, for either side? I think, obviously, KD and Kyrie stood out as looking like themselves, I guess, mm. to go on. From, it's one thing to look good in preseason, but from the get-go, they look like the best players on the court. And yes. they've obviously been practicing their shooting. They were ready to go, literally. The first look, contested jump shot, doesn't matter. You knock it down. And what about that one when Kyrie pulled up on the bus? Was that at the end of the second quarter? And he... 
D yeah. triple. So nothing but net. I think to see those to see those guys as they were, you know, like that, you know, that sends a message for their whole team. I think as well. You had Levert, I had it as well. Like in terms of a guy who really stood out to me in that game. Like obviously having that depth off the bench. The Warriors, we took, you know. They don't have a lot of depth, but in any situation, Levert was a starter last year and he took their team to the playoffs basically as the main playmaker and Dinwiddie as well. So, you know, those two look like a proper team. They look like they've got a whole team and then they've added Kyrie and they've added KD. That's what it, that's what it looked like tonight, at least. So I don't want to overreact too much, but they look really strong. And you touched on that DeAndre versus Allen kind of argument. I thought um, DeAndre actually looked pretty good, especially in the pick and roll with um, Kyrie. He got a couple of lobs, which that's always been his thing. You know, he's, he's yeah. a lob threat at the basket. And um, he's not a bad passer at times as well. So I think he did some good things with um, Durant and Kyrie, handed the ball off, setting a lot of picks. He sets a really good screen. So I actually think even though Allen has a lot more upside, that, you know, sharing those minutes between those two actually means that they've always got a pretty good center out there. Like, you know, how many teams have Jared Allen coming off the bench? You know, like someone who could potentially yeah. become an all-star, I suppose. Like, so the depth stood out for Brooklyn, for sure. I think, and I touched on how many threes they shot. Like, Steve Nash is not... I've, I've been listening... I listen to some podcasts when Steve Nash talks about his days in Phoenix and how they should have, with D'Antoni, they should have gone all in shooting more threes. You know, they shot a lot, but they should have shot even more kind of gets us to where we are today when lots of teams are shooting threes. And I watched the... They did not pass up one open three in the first quarter. Well, they scored 40 points or something, Brooklyn. Yeah. Every guy who came on the court had a look, just jacket. And I think Joe Harris once hesitated when Curry was on him and jumped in the air and threw an arid pass. And then Durant just stares in with an angry face, like, shoot the ball, even though he'd already put up five threes in the first quarter or something. <laughs> so I suppose that really stood out to me and that was quite interesting. Um, one one thing I think besides the well, if we flip over to the Warriors, yeah, I think um, we talked about then not being able to shoot the ball that well, not being able to stretch it. It still doesn't make sense to me to not be starting a shooting guard like Ubre. For me, I actually like him. I thought he did some nice things, just didn't shoot the ball well. I think when Ubre shot, it looked a little bit more likely to go in. With Wiggins, I was kind of just expecting it to miss. But um, yeah, they don't they don't have a shooting guard, so I think that's a huge problem for them. Especially when Draymond comes back, he's going to be looking for someone to kick it to, and I don't really know which guy that is. If you look down that kind of their depth chart, but um, one thing I did like, and I really thought, well, you're onto this guy, but I thought Wiseman looked potentially dominant. Like he he looked so versatile with the ball. A couple of times he just tried to take his man one on one to the hoop. I think he, he had one charge, but he also put up a couple of jump shots, which I didn't expect, and he hit a three. So I think he kind of showed flashes of his potential so early, and that's probably really exciting for the Warriors. Yeah, Wiseman looks super fluid. I mean, he's such an athlete for a guy that's seven foot and, you know, 110 plus kilos. So it, it was really good to actually finally get to see him on the court. It feels like it's been forever. And, you know, he was a bit rusty, um, obviously not playing for a, for a long time in terms of just his finishing around the basket. He was a little bit sloppy. I think there was at least two or three opportunities where he could have really, you know, um, finished off some some plays there around the basket and he kind of just rushed it or or forced a few looks. But yeah, I mean, the the extended minutes we got to see in garbage time was was, as you say, uh, a real treat because he, he was able to show a little bit more of what his package is and, you know, hitting a three from the top of the key. And he, he I think he hit a mm-hmm. deep two from the other baseline and 
from the other corner, I beg your pardon. So it was good to see more of Wiseman definitely. I, I mean, I, I hate to jump ahead and, and see where he could sort of be in that February, March period, but he's only going to get better with a guy like Draymond beside him and, and helping him out along the game and being that, you know, coach on the floor for Wiseman. But yeah, mm. I, I definitely loved what I saw. And I, I've already had a look at the rookie of the year odds because uh, when I gave that out on the on the pod we did, he was at nine fifty, and then today he was at eight bucks. And so I, I regretted not getting on him earlier, but I got on him today. And so after mm-hmm. that first game, he's now jumped back to uh, five fifty alongside Lamelo. So I, again, wow. people people reacting a lot to what they saw in this first game. But uh, I I think if if Lamelo and a few of the other rookies potentially get off to a slow start tomorrow and and in their first few games. I think Wiseman could be the favourites, uh, odds-wise, that's for sure. Well, he's, he's got such an opportunity with that yeah. team. Like, yeah. you, you look at Looney and you're like, okay, we know what he is, but he's not a starter. And I, I thought Chris was okay for them off the bench. But other than that, they didn't really have anyone with size. Um, Pascal, he was he was really awful. He got played off the floor pretty much completely. He also had a couple wide-open jumpers, missed him, and then you just kind of saw his confidence collapse and... They couldn't play him after that. So I think Wiseman, he showed that he was confident. He was willing to put a few shots up. So I think he's going to have a lot of court time. Yeah, I'm definitely keen to see how how he fits in when Draymond's back. I think that'll be a real fascinating. And I think the next time they play is um, is Christmas Day. So against the Bucks, hopefully Draymond's back by then because Wiseman will probably be matched up there with with Lopez. Curious to see if Steve Kerr does the thing he did today, which would seem likely. The sort of play Wiseman in those five, six minute spurts and then let Looney run and then he comes back in. So uh, we'll see how that sort of goes because I, I think if Brooke Lopez pushes out to the three point line and, you know, spaces the floor for Giannis to attack, Wiseman can quite comfortably, I think, recover just whether he's, uh, let's say, good enough defensively to do it, but he's got the athleticism to at least be in the right position. It's it's just if mm. he can avoid fouling and different aspects like that. But there's... He's- Really, he's, he's a natural with his hands. You could tell in the game, like blocking yeah. shots and getting hands in the passing lane. He, what did he? I think he had two blocks. So he's right up there. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say, which was a killer, I messaged you this morning about Wiseman to score twenty points plus was yeah. at one hundred and twenty-six mm-hmm. bucks on Sportsbet. So it felt like something was wrong. And after chucking a tenner on that, <laughs> I, I got a tip by a mate that that was what it was. So I immediately sent it to you and whoever else, but I, I chucked a tenner on that. And that was, that was brutal in the end because he finished with 19 points for those who didn't know. And it included, he had two free throws with about 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter and he missed them both. So uh, I could smell that, you know, 1.2 K and it just, it just fell short. So one of the bad beats. Now the second game does, or actually is it anything that you wanted to mention what? before we go, just moving forward with, with Brooklyn Golden State? Yeah, it's, it's easy to get enticed with how good Brooklyn looked yeah. in terms of how fluid they scored the ball. But um, we touched on how soft I thought that the Warriors' defense was. And a lot of that, basically all of that will probably have to do with Draymond being out. Like, if someone scores a couple buckets, Draymond is going to come up to them and shove them and go, nah, like, I'll foul you before you start getting hot on us. Especially against Durant. Durant and Draymond, I guarantee, would have been in a drawing match if he was on the floor tonight, for sure. Um, it just wouldn't have been that easy for Brooklyn. There's no way. So I think on two sides of the coin, don't want to overreact to Brooklyn because I didn't necessarily see them look like an amazing defensive team. It's just we had a lot of open shots missed from the Warriors. 
And I thought on the other end, Draymond, obviously a massive, super key part of their defense. I think him and Wiseman together, it's quite a physical, really good hands, good at getting deflections, like a fast front line. So I actually think defensively the Warriors have a lot more upside to come, but they definitely didn't show any of it in that game. The Battle of LA. So... I'll just say straight off the bat, I'm an idiot. I tipped the Lakers. I bet the Lakers um, just overlooked. Same stuff. It happens every year. Uh, I'm I'm sure, as you say, I'm sure I'm not the only one to get caught up in that LA hype. But it it was kind of obvious as soon as you saw that first quarter, it was just the team was pretty lethargic. LeBron and AD were in absolute cruise control. Like they they couldn't care less for the most part. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it, it showed. I mean, they scored 19 points on 40% shooting at six turnovers in that first quarter and um, five out of the six of those turnovers were from LeBron and AD. So when it's your main guys like that, that are being pretty careless, Clippers got out to a pretty early uh, 20 point lead there. But the thing for me that I really liked just from the first half before I throw throw it over to you, Das, Mm -hmm. our guy that we've spoken about in the preseason, Talon Horton Tucker got thrown in there in the second quarter gave him a really nice spark and the Lakers started to pick things up a little bit heading into that sort of halftime break. Well, you saw how old they started, like uh, how much veterans they had in that starting lineup. And then when they got to those guys on the bench like Caruso and I think Horton Tucker came in together and Mm. it kind of changed the whole pace of the game and it was all played through LeBron and they were getting into him defensively, starting to pick up the pace a little bit more, the no real half-court isolation stuff. So I suppose that... To me, that kind of showed that they have that dimension. Those guys are starting to get very comfortable in the Lakers system. And obviously winning a championship does wonders for your confidence and playing with LeBron, you just get better and better as you get used to the way that he plays. Um, So I thought them giving a run off the bench kind of, I guess, emphasized the moves that they made in the off season to get a little bit younger and get a bit faster in general seemed to pay, pay dividends, I think, when they were using their bench unit. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think their starters didn't play very well. You know, like Gasol, he just got in foul trouble, didn't do much. Um, Davis, at times, I thought it, it seemed like he wasn't even out there. You know, like he played more minutes than LeBron in that one, but you couldn't tell because he wasn't going to work at all. He wasn't taking any of their guys one on one. He still picked up almost 20, but he wasn't putting his influence, having his influence felt on the game really at all, Davis. So um, yeah, you're right. They were in cruise control, I thought. Um, but yeah, you still got to see quite a bit from their bench, I thought, which was quite promising and I thought Schroeder played a great game. Yeah, he he was a big part of my sort of takeaway from the Lakers side of things. If you're trying to find sort of a bright spot, as as soon as that game sort of kicked off, it made sense given sort of again, as I say, LeBron and AD's attitude of of obviously for the for every reason that, you know, makes so much sense. You just win a championship, you're not exactly gonna come in. Hungry hungry dog runs faster. So uh I I think we'll, we'll go give that one to the Clippers. Yeah. Getting the getting the rings, it's you know, it's an emotional thing. It's you know, yeah. your focus is there. Like, wow, we just won the championship. How sick is this? Oh, we got to play an NBA game now. Oh, I'll get ready now. You know what I mean? Tough for them. And the Clippers, you know, they had every reason to try to dominate and win. What did you think about the Clippers? <laughs> it really annoyed me that Paul George played well because I don't like him. Um, <laughs> but that that third and fourth quarter, he sort of exploded there. I thought he was pretty much taking a back seat in that uh, first first quarter first half in particular i thought Kawhi yeah. for the most part i was a bit was, scared yeah in the first half. i was a bit scared about pg there for sure um but he obviously came into his own in that second half Kawhi was a little bit slow to get going didn't actually have a great shooting game in the end 
but um, mm. you know, he obviously did enough in certain stretches and patches was pretty impressed with the Serge Barker sort of move right away. I like him in the mm. starting lineup a lot. He gives it just a, big dynamic to the team that they never experienced last year because if it wasn't Zubach on the floor, it was Harold. And they're certainly not guys that can stretch the floor. In they're a, all in at the rim, that's it. Correct. So now that they have that added dynamic, that sort of changes the feel of their offense in in hmm. you know a way for the better. So that was, that was a thing I really liked. Who else I really liked? I thought Lou Williams showed a little bit of offensive spark again, like his normal self where... You know, he's pretty mm-hmm. tough to defend. He's drawing fouls. He's hitting contested tough shots, always fading to his left. He's, he loves that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you'll never see him take a shot uh, really too often going to his right. He loves to take it off the left there, whether he's dribbling or pulling up from that left corner. It was kind of expected, I think, that the Clippers were going to show something given everyone's mm. most recent memory of them being on the court was basically throwing in the towel against Denver in that game seven. Yeah. No, I agree. I think they they were very keen to get rid of that and kind of put that behind them. Yeah. Um, and when you look at their roster, it, it didn't look a lot different. I suppose at first, you're like, is this the same team? But I thought at, I thought at times, or in general, I thought that they, they looked like they were having a little bit more fun and looked like they were playing a little bit more loose. I guess when you see Lou Will smiling and doing his thing, you know, it's, you can kind of understand that they're having a bit of fun out there. And I thought, um, I was I completely forgot that they had Batum on their roster when they brought him out there at the beginning. I went and did a stat check and was like, wait a minute, how many games has this guy played in the last couple of seasons? What has he actually been doing? Because I thought he was for sure like going to be out of the league. But only I think it was only in 16, 17 season, he averaged 15, 6 and 6 with a steal at almost 38% from three. So, you know, he's a guy who can contribute at times. And I guess he is a nice long defender if, I don't know how many minutes he's going to play, but I think he yeah. kind of fits into what they're doing reasonably well. Um, and I love what Kennard brings for them as their kind of backup playmaker. He's To me, he looks like a, basically a point guard. And okay. I know that he can shoot, shoot the ball really well. And the way that he gets into the paint, plays with both hands, he tends to play off two feet. He hit Zubac in the key quite a few times. And I'm sure he'll be able to develop some kind of um, chemistry with whoever they've got on the bench. I think they'll definitely try to add someone later on in the season as well, Clippers. And I think they have room for another big guy potentially or another, hopefully another scorer. What we saw from Paul George yeah. in the third quarter when he was able to hit multiple threes in a row, you look at his stat line, that's basically peak Paul George. Like he shot the piss out of it at times. And when he gets hot, that's one thing he can do. He hits a tough three and then he's not really open, but he can hit another one. He's one of those guys that can fire and get hot. So I saw that Kawhi kind of, he treated it like a real proper game. He got his shots up from the beginning, made sure to set the tone for his team. Even though he wasn't shooting the ball that well, he set the tone and saying, I'm going to be a scorer in this game. I'm going to get 20 no matter what. And then Paul George was able to have basically a little heat streak and a little hot night and then, just bang like that, five or six trees, and then all of a sudden you've got enough to beat the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. The, the one thing I sort of missed as well within that is that the, the third quarter to start the second half, 
Davis was defending Kawhi and that was awesome to watch. I, I sort of love that battle because it wasn't like Davis was, you know, switching out onto Kawhi and having to guard him. That was the matchup. Like the ball's getting inbound from the baseline. AD is defending Kawhi as the, as the ball's getting brought up. So that was a, a fascinating cool. sort of battle to watch. And I think Kawhi probably took the, took the chocolates in that one. I thought he was, was uh, pretty impressive. And, and Davis didn't, Again, you, you can say it's just lack of urgency, but Davis wasn't his normal self defensively either. I think, yes, we can sort of look at the, you know, the, the offense and the lack of it and the lack of uh, assertiveness he really took on that end like mm. he normally does. But defensively, there wasn't too much there from him either because I thought he'd be a pretty prideful guy. And, and Kawhi was winning that matchup for the most part, getting down to that low block area and hitting the tough sort of spin fadeaways that Kawhi seems to be really good at. So we'll leave it there with the opening day review and we'll be back for a preview of tomorrow's games, which if you're in Australia, that's Thursday, the 24th of December. So we'll speak to you then guys.